Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up. Because my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special game day edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and we have reached the final week of the regular season. And unfortunately for the New York Giants, unlike Brian Dable's first season, the second season will end today at MetLife Stadium. But for the second straight year, the season ends at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles, Win or lose, the Giants will pack it on up on Monday at 1925 Giants Drive, and it'll be see you in the offseason program late March, early April is when the players will start trickling back in. Obviously, we'll be with the team, uh, at least the front office and the coaching staff at the Combine, and then we'll have draft stuff in April. But for the 2023-24 New York Giants, the season ends today against the Eagles in a game that means a lot to Philly, especially if Dallas loses to Washington. But for the Giants, it's all about draft placement, questions about next season, questions about the 29 free agents the Giants have at the top of the list, Saquon Barkley. Will this be his last game? No one really knows for sure. Barkley can't say for sure. The Giants don't know for certain if they even allow him to hit free agency. There's the franchise tag for the second year in play. It'll pay him around... $12.5 million. That'll be a raise from what he made this year, 10.1. But in reality, the Giants have to make decisions based on where they're going in the future. And do they want to pay Saquon Barkley $12.5 million? But those are questions for the offseason. Right now, let's focus on today and really one of the biggest stories pregame for this game is the status of Sterling Shepard and the longest tenure giant. You know, I think we all see the writing on the wall, the idea that this is going to be Shep's last game as a giant. And from everything that I've heard and in talking to Shep in front of cameras for interviews and just having conversations, it's really for the past month or so, especially this week, is that I do get the sense that he believes it's time, time to dedicate to his family. He's got two young daughters, five and four, Callie and Cassie. You know, he's got a family that now has just 
increased his immediate family. Both of his sisters had kids, so now he's Uncle Shep two times over. Uh, you know, I think that means a lot to him. I don't think Shep is going to, at age 31, turns 31 in February, that he is going to fish for an offer around the league and try to go to another team and see if he can latch on as a veteran for veterans minimum, which is just over a million dollars. You know, I, I just think that when all is said and done, this will be Sterling Shepard's last football game of his NFL career. Now, the Giants are going to honor him. They're going to give him the opportunity to come out with the starters out of the tunnel when they introduce the starters. Now, I don't know if they're going to introduce the offense or the defense. I would assume it's going to be the offense. And then they'll have Sterling Shepard come out last. Uh, if it's the defense, that would be an interesting tip of the cap to let Sterling come out of the tunnel. You know, look, nothing is official. Now, it may have been talked about behind the scenes, Sterling talking to Brian Dable or Joe Shane and them kind of letting each other know which way this was headed. Um, you know, look, there's going to be a lot of debate. I know there, are, there were some fans on social media when I put it out there that they were going to kind of honor him with that, let him come out of the tunnel, let the fans kind of give him a cheer. Um, you know, there are fans who want to pick apart his resume and say Sterling Shepard did not live up to, you know, a second round pick and start throwing around all the injuries that he's had, you know, and if you want to start talking about the concussions and the turf toe that sidelined him for a while, and then obviously the Achilles and then the torn ACL at the end of uh, two years ago, the Achilles, then last year, was the torn ACL in week three against the Cowboys on the final play of the game at MetLife. You know, you think about the Achilles injury, both of them at MetLife. You know, you don't hear anybody crying for Sterling Shepard that the turf claimed him two years in a row. But you hear it all about players from opposing teams that come and get injured at MetLife. So... Um, you know, it's all about perspective. You know, I've covered every snap of Sterling Shepard's career with the Giants. It's the first player since I got on the beat that I've actually seen beyond his rookie contract and covered every snap, first to last, as a Giant. I joked with Justin Pugh that, you know, I was here to see all of his snaps with the Giants. And then, you know, he went out west to Arizona and now he's back and he's finishing up with the Giants most likely not coming back next year. My guess is this will be it for him too. Um, I guess it's possible that he ends up coming back, but he said he doesn't want to play anywhere else. And I don't think Sterling Shepard wants to play anywhere else either. Now for all the ideas that, well, Sterling Shepard just didn't do enough. He didn't win enough. There are a lot of players in this franchise, 99 years that have been honored as great players, good players, valuable players, important players to the history of this franchise that do not have Super Bowl rings, that do not have playoff wins next to their name. And Sterling Shepard, unfortunately, falls into that category. He was injured last year, made the playoffs, the Giants did in Dable's first year, 
And, you know, as much as Shepard will get credit for being on that roster, he wasn't on that team. So he only played in one playoff game. We all know what the playoff game was back in Green Bay in 2016 when, you know, you had the boat trip. He was there on the boat as a rookie with Victor Cruz and Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, all the people that were rumored to be on there, you know, Roger Lewis, you know, I think there were rumors of Justin Bieber being on that boat in Miami. But you see what Sterling Shepard has become eight years. Um, you know, he has statistics that, you know, would suggest an up and down career, exactly what he's been you know, up and down, has fought through a lot of tough injuries. You know, there were people screaming and yelling, saying that he should have retired after his second concussion back in, I think that was 2017 or 2018. So, you know, what he's overcome as a giant and to be someone now this year. uh, And look, this has not been an easy year for Sterling Shepard. He's barely playing. You know, the front office brought him back for just over a million dollars. Last year, he took a pay cut to stay. People kind of forget that. You know, this time last year, you know, he was one of the biggest cheerleaders on the team. And his teammates love him. You know, and I thought that was interesting that Sterling Shepard this week said he wants to be known as a good teammate. And he wants his teammates, when they're asked, who's your favorite teammate? He wants to be on people's lists. And I think that says a lot to who he is. Tough as nails. His signature plays. I mean, caught a touchdown in Dallas in his first game as a rookie. They ended up winning that game. Ben McAdoo's first game. That year they made the playoffs. Sterling Shepard caught passes and touchdowns in Daniel Jones's first game down in Tampa. He's caught touchdowns in Philly. When you consider his big moments, had a huge moment against Washington when Josh Norman decked him, coming across the middle, held on to the pass, then flexed on Norman. Then a year and a half later, down in Washington, that block on Josh Norman, we put out video on Twitter this week so make sure you check that out that sprung Saquon Barkley for a long run that day you know Shepard is two catches behind he is sixth right now all time in receptions in the 99 year history of the Giants sixth and he's two behind Jeremy Shockey to finish in the top five now I don't know about you but I would think in the 99-year history of the New York Giants, if you finish the top five in any category, any positive category, that's pretty something special. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets a little bit more playing time on Sunday. Obviously, he wishes he had that one catch back that he dropped against the Rams late. If that were the case, he would only need two catches this week. Plus, had he gotten that catch last week, uh, who knows? Maybe that game ends differently. So want to run through some of the other things to watch for. I don't believe Deontay Banks will play. He finishes with 11 passes defensed, the second most by a rookie in franchise history. Saquon Barkley, 
He has 916 rushing yards right now. If he gets over 1,000, it'll be his fourth 1,000-yard rushing year. Only Tiki Barber with six and Rodney Hampton with five have more in franchise history. And Barkley's tied for eighth in all-time rushing touchdowns. He has 33. He's tied with Ron Johnson. He's one touchdown behind Frank Gifford for seventh place and two touchdowns behind O.J. Anderson for sixth place. Bobby Okereke has had an unbelievable year. He has 141 tackles. That's third most in a single season in franchise history. That's behind Michael Barrow, who had 150 in 2003, and Blake Martinez, who had 151 in 2020. So Okereke needs 11 tackles to set the record. Now it's worth noting that he will have played 17 games while those other two guys did it in 16 games, uh, but still a very good season for Bobby Okereke. And pairing up with Xavier McKinney, it's been more than a decade since a Giants defensive player played every snap in a season. They've both played 100% of the snaps this year through 16 games. Nick Gates was the last Giants to play, Giant to play every snap on either side of the ball in 2020. Darius Slayton, he's had two long touchdowns each of the past two weeks. He's one of six Giants receivers to have four-plus seasons of 700-plus receiving yards, joining Amani Toomer, Homer Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Hakeem Nix, and Chris Calloway. And Kayvon Thibodeau, who's been quiet the last couple weeks, he has 11.5 sacks. That's the most by the Giants since Leonard Williams had 11.5 in 2020. If he gets another sack or even a half a sack, it'll be the most since JPP in 2014. He had 12.5. So 15.5 sacks for Kayvon through his first two seasons. That's the second most by a Giant in his first two seasons since Sacks became an official stat in 1982. He trails only JPP, who had 21 sacks over his first two years. So what do we expect today? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. I think there'll be a lot of fans tuned in at 1 o'clock to see the Patriots and the Jets. If the Patriots win and the Giants lose... They already got they got one of two results to help out their strength of schedule on Saturday. The Steelers winning helped them. The Texans winning did not. Uh, but it's very likely that the Giants would win the tiebreaker over the Patriots and get the number four slot in the draft. Giants fans will also be rooting for Arizona to win and Washington to upset Dallas. Because if that happens, then there is a path, even though it's a little bit of a long shot, there's a path to get to the number two seed overall. Um, I think the Saquon Barkley reception today will be very interesting. I think you have a lot of smart people in that building that realize what's at stake for Saquon, that he is a free agent after this year. So does he get a send-off late in the game uh, just in case? You know, nobody wants to talk about how they, you know, might soak it all in. And look, MetLife doesn't have the kind of history that, you know, Lambeau has, for example, 
where you're not going to be, you know, wanting to take that one final Lambo leap. But um, the scene tomorrow, well, later on today, will be what's most interesting is that how do the Giants react to this game if they win? You know, you don't want to treat it like the Super Bowl. But look, let's be honest. They're, I think it's 3-17 and 17 in their last 20 games against the Eagles. So, you know, they never beat this team. If they beat them and somehow Philly does not gain momentum and loses next week in the playoffs, then maybe the Giants had a hand in that and continuing that momentum. Uh, but I do think there is a large segment of the fan base, and rightfully so, is f- fixated right now on the draft order and what the Giants will do with their first pick. Will they go quarterback? Will they go receiver? Will they go offensive line? We have a lot of time to get into that, but... um I give it up to any of the fans that are going to be in the stadium today with the bad weather. It's not going to be fun sitting there with a game that really doesn't mean much. But um, again, my hat's off to you for staying all in. But we're all in. We appreciate you listening to the pregame pods every week. I'll be back after the game with a postgame pod and a wrap-up. And then Monday morning, we have Joe Shane and Brian Dable at 8.30. And then open locker room after that on what is called Baggy Day in the NFL. Black Monday for certain teams. I don't believe the Giants will be making coaching changes on Monday. But right away, we would pivot to what happens next with Brian Dable's coordinators, Wink Martindale, Mike Kafka, Thomas McGahee, are there changes across the board? Which position coaches will go if the coordinators leave? What will happen? Will Shea Tierney bump up to OC if Mike Kafka leaves? Will Ken Dorsey be in the mix? Worked with Brian Dable in Buffalo. On the defensive side of the ball, will Leslie Frazier, who took a sabbatical year off this year from Buffalo, if Wink is gone, is Leslie Frazier, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, the person that Dable and Shane will target to be the defensive coordinator. A lot of questions in a season full of them for the New York Giants. So we appreciate you being all in as always. We're all in and we'll talk to you tonight after the game. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.